Welcome to Cherry Beckert's next podcast, specifically related to the R&D credit for architects and engineers. Um, I'm Scott Duda. Uh, I'm an audit partner uh, with the firm. I sit in our Raleigh office, and with me today is Ron Wainwright. He leads our credits and accounting methods practice. Ron? Scott, thank you, and uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today, and we look forward to uh, the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the R&D credit specifically and uh, in detail. One of the reasons that we want to dig in on this is because of the Biden infrastructure legisla legislation that everyone's talking about this summer. We're moving closer to a finish line on that and we're seeing a tremendous ramp up of interest in our A&E clients in talking about this uh, infrastructure plan and how it's going to impact them. So we wanted to dig in on this um, and talk about uh, the impact that it can have for you uh, in your business. So Scott, as you highlighted, uh, a lot of uh, really negotiations are occurring between the White House and the House of Representatives and the Senate. And we've seen that there is a bipartisanship uh, deal towards the infrastructure. Um, so uh, with respect to the, the pending infrastructure legislation. What, in your assessment as our industry leader, um, should A&E firms expect in 22 and beyond? So this is equivalent to the original Highway Act going back all the way to the 1950s. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, it's going to impact a number of different industries, but when we look at it, architects and engineers, design firms, uh, build uh, con and construction firms, uh, they are going to have a, just a tremendous opportunity in front of them, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, um, and, and to take advantage of it. And so to do so, not only do you need to be uh, chasing work and going after those contracts, but also uh, looking at the business operations and how it impacts you there as well, um, to take advantage of everything, to maximize this uh, this opportunity. So. With that, I, I know that the infrastructure plan continues to uh, develop and uh, and move forward. There's been some changes. Can you talk a little bit about how it impacts A&E firms, how that credit will subsidize their growth? So, Scott, one of the, uh, the interesting aspects of the infrastructure plan, as well as the uh, president's fiscal year 22 budget, uh, which will significantly impact A&E firms, is specifically in the prioritization of clean energy um, and the, the, the mandate, uh, whether that be under ASHRA or, or ResNet, uh, towards design uh, of more uh, energy efficient uh, commercial buildings, uh, structures, uh, and that is inclusive of uh, multi-residential and residential. And so as you evaluate uh, what is in the infrastructure plan, it is very broad um, with respect to, to the infrastructure. Uh, a key uh, pillar uh, is the prioritization of clean energy, which causes A&E firms to um, be more uh, thoughtful and, and be more methodical, as well as being mandated under new standards uh, towards that clean energy. And, and specifically, three areas that 
A&E firms will be focusing on uh, as part of that infrastructure plan is, you know, the renewable and alternative energy incentives that are being offered. And, and that design uh, work will be very important. Uh, the, the further establishment of a, a manufacturing or what's really referred to as the, uh, the advanced manufacturing credit uh, with respect to uh, large uh, commercial facilities of manufacturing, and then, then lastly, just the the energy efficiency and the electrical uh, incentives that architects will be challenged to to design uh, in their uh, commercial, multi-residential, and, and residential structures. Um, so all of that will ultimately uh, lead to the R and D credit. Um, as a federal subsidy to support A&E firms in, in the implementation and execution of the prioritization of clean energy. Uh, so um, kind of furthering, uh, Scott, what challenges do you believe A&E firms uh, expect to face uh, knowing uh, the infrastructure uh, legislation is forthcoming and, and specifically around talent and project management and, and some of the emerging technologies just to stay competitive, as you said, in, in kind of this one-time, almost a lifetime event? So outside of the infrastructure plan, uh, I, I read a, an article today, 40% of professionals are considering a change in their employer for this summer. So when you think about uh, pent-up demand, as people went into the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of people stayed with their current employer um, because it was safe. And now they're coming that we are coming out of the pandemic. They have options. So 40 percent of professionals are considering a change this summer. Factor that in with the opportunity that the infrastructure plan uh, presents for themselves. So you've got more work coming down the pipeline. You've got an employee base that may be churning. You're going to be hiring, but just as quick as you are, you've got challenges with employees that are looking elsewhere. Um, managing the remote environment, managing flexible schedules, all these things that we've dealt with out of necessity for the last 12 months, 12 to 18 months. Now, employees are looking at those and saying, who can what employer can align their uh, workload with what I want to do from a personal standpoint? And so I think that's going to really play into this this summer. You want to hang on to your very best talent. And so you want to talk to them about what their needs are. And then you also want to continue to look for opportunities to hire additional employees that are out looking. Um, and, and, you know, some of the things we talked about remote, we talked about being flexible. But then it's also what opportunities are there to utilize technology to make my work environment better, more efficient, more flexible for me. Um, I think those are going to be real different differentiators for uh, A&E firms when they're talking about this talent war that we're, we're also getting into this summer. So those are some of the things to uh, to be thinking about, both from a talent project management um, and technology standpoint. So. Ron, what types of activities, when we think about all these things that these A&E firms are going to be doing both this summer and then as the plan is rolled out and, and to be responsive to those contracts, 
what are the types of activities that would qualify for this credit, this R&D credit, and then also for any state subsidies that might exist so that they can maximize the credit, minimize their tax liability? So, Scott, I think you said the key word in, in your uh, response to my question is uh, the uh, emerging technologies that A&E firms will be evaluating um, uh, as well as implementing and executing to, to drive project management uh, as well as to retain their talent um, fall underneath that, that business component of uh, uh, technology. And so uh, as we look to A&E firms, and, and as a reminder, the credit is, uh, you know, a federal subsidy up to 20 percent. Um, and then at the state level, 10 to 15 percent dollar for dollar offset against uh, minimizing your tax liability. I mean, key areas will be uh, in the systematic design and process of your projects, each an individual uh, project. Um, task and subtask with respect to uh, the design um, and ultimately the evaluation of uh, you know materials and, and the trial and error that occurs within um, an architectural design or an engineering when we begin to think about structural and um, electrical and mechanical. Um, clearly, uh, there's the development of, of new methods of, of construction so as to improve quality or efficiency. Um, and, and so all that that falls underneath technology is going to be a key, uh, quote, activity that A&E firms are going to continue to invest in and therefore have the opportunity uh, to, to claim uh, the credit. Um, you know, if you kind of look at the normal or general by phase type activities of an A&E firm. It's, it's all the way from that conceptual design to feasibility design to schematic design to construction documentation and then ultimately construction administration. And, and so that project management and the emergence of, of new technologies to stay competitive is going to drive uh, not only the A&E firm to change in its underlying business processes, but most, if not all, of what we've described is, is what would be deemed to be a qualified research activity and then a qualified research expense to claim the subsidy. And, and then going back to the, the infrastructure legislation and kind of that key point, um, that energy efficiency or that lead design and some of the new provisions in the infrastructure plan are really going to drive those activities that A&E firms can capture and then ultimately claim the R&D credit at the federal and state level. So Scott, continuing on the, the technology piece, how do you believe uh, A&E firms will prioritize their technology investments to, to make sure the impact on execution and project management with the greatest return on investment? Uh, so, so how do you think they'll prioritize those investments? Sure. So. We've seen it. Um, this summer, we have spent uh, a tremendous amount of time uh, being responsive to our clients' requests for uh, assistance on the, the technology information uh, piece of their business. Um, firms want to be nimble. They want good information as quickly as they can get it so that they can make good decisions. So uh, our CB digital team, has been talking to A&E firms all summer about dashboarding, 
about integrating acquisitions. That's a, a big one that we've uh, run into quite a bit this summer where um, there's been a lot of M&A activity, uh, you know, across most industries uh, throughout the pandemic. And uh, the A&E segment is no different than that. Uh, a lot of M&A activity there. And oftentimes there are challenges with the systems that uh, the acquisitions are on. How do we get them up and running? How do we get them integrated into our system? How do we get information out of their system so that we can manage the business? Um, our digital team's been talking to them about that quite a bit. Uh, again, good uh, decisions coming from good information. That's uh, one of the things that uh, firms are, are prioritizing this year. Um, so, Ron, we've talked a little bit about the mechanics of the R&D credit. How do we determine how much of the credit we are eligible for? Uh, so as a reminder, it is a federal and state subsidy. Um, it has been in the statute since 1981 and is to, in fact, subsidize uh, A&E firms specifically to this podcast with respect to um, new and innovative activities. Uh, a lot will fall into project management and, and emerging technologies that, that are there. Um, so remember the credit is up to 20% at the uh, federal level and states uh, are between 10 to 15%. And um, so when you think about claiming the credit and what you're eligible for, um, specifically, you were requantifying all of the salaries on a project by project basis of the time of the architect or the engineer. We're looking at supplies that have been consumed. Um, predominantly those are in the computer area or CAD type drawings as well as these technology investments or emerging technologies uh, that are there. Um, and then when we think about technology, we can capture computer and AWS type services uh, that the architect uh, is utilizing. And then ultimately, as the architect and engineering firm may um, outsource certain elements of a, a design work uh, to a third party uh, subcontractor, could be a, another um, architect and engineering firm, maybe in the mechanical area or electrical area. Um, those, all of those costs that, that are being currently deducted can be requantified. Um, and then the subsidy is 20% uh, of those requantified costs. And uh, states again range from, from the 10 to 15% level, all claimed, all minimizing dollar for dollar against the tax liability. Um, on a form 6765, and if you reduce your tax liability to zero, uh, you're eligible to carry that credit backwards one year and, and actually forward 20 years. So, um, it, Scott, as you know, in a number of our clients, we've actually minimized their tax liability to zero, which puts them in a significant uh, competitive advantage to their competitors, uh, recognizing these they're capturing this federal and state subsidy. So, so Scott, with the technology spins that will be occurring, uh, starting from kind of the infrastructure legislation and, and talking about the talent war and project management, um, execution and emerging technologies, wh what do you think the, the greatest impact will be on, on A&E firms from the education side? Yeah, so they're looking at technology to assist with 
all aspects of their business. It's project management, it's operations, it's dashboarding. Again, it's putting good information in people's hands to make good decisions as quick as possible. Part of the challenge with that is they are going to want to be responsive to their employee base, current employees, as well as those they're recruiting. Um, they want to be competitive with other A&E firms in the segment. And so in order to do all of those things, you're putting new cutting edge technology either for the industry or for your firm in the hands of folks that sometimes aren't familiar with it, haven't used it in the past, are trying to integrate it into their day-to-day -day operations. So uh, I actually read um, a, an article, uh, an industry study, 60% of firms are focused on how to educate their employees on the Internet of Things, big data, data analytics, how all these things are tied together. They're going to there's going to be this integration and they're going to continue to be pushing the envelope on integrating that technology in their firms and in their business. The education piece is huge because. No matter how good the technology is, if people don't know how to access it or they don't know how to use it to optimize it on their day to day uh, from a day to day commitment in terms of what they're doing on a day to day basis, they're not going to be able to optimize it. And then that technology spend is wasted because it's not being utilized to its full potential. So uh, a big challenge this summer uh, and then also a big opportunity, but there's going to be a lot of change in the space um, and there's going to be a lot of activity in the space related to integrating technology as people are being responsive to the infrastructure legislation. Um, and so when you think about that, all of that technology, there, there's a, a there are a lot of firms, a lot of uh, A&E firms that are going to be doing a lot of design and build and spending their time on that design and build. How much of that or does all of that qualify for this R&D credit? So um, I would say the majority of the cost incurred um, are going to qualify, not 100%. Uh, but what we find in uh, our practice and assisting A&E firms that it is likely 60 plus percent of their cost incurred in those buckets of wages and supplies and technology, um, as well as uh, utilizing subcontractors are going to qualify and be utilized as a qualified research expense to claim the 20 percent subsidy and the at the state level between 10 and 15%. And uh, reminder that a number of states allow uh, for refundable credits. Uh, Virginia comes to mind, Maryland comes to mind, Georgia. Um, so 47 plus states have adopted uh, the R&D credit. And so when you think about an architectural firm to your question, um, the business component as it's referred to is going to be each project, each design project. Um, as well as all the underpinning uh, new uh, and innovative business processes and technology uh, that uh, the infrastructure plan will, will cause to be pivoted to um, given the size and, and the mass uh, of the infrastructure legislation, uh, let alone the key energy provisions 
um, it, with respect to um, whether it's the, the energy side or the lead side, uh, as well as what's call, called for in the infrastructure plan. Great, thanks, Ron. Um, as usual, I, I'm not a tax partner, but I learn something every time we speak. Um, so thank you for sharing your insights and uh, and uh, wisdom on uh, how the R&D credit's gonna impact firms uh, both this summer and beyond. I wanna thank everyone for listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, where you uh, obtained that podcast, there should be links for both uh, myself and Ron for our contact information. Um, we'd be happy to uh, to discuss your situation with you and let uh, let us know how we can be your guide forward. Thanks for listening.